Welcome to the second season of the Gutsy Health Podcast with Shanique Roney and Gina Warfel, where we share uncomplicated, practical, and affordable wellness education so you can be a self-healing champion. This episode is brought to you by the Gutsy Health Membership Program, a program that gives you inexpensive tools and resources to heal your mind, body, and soul. Visit our website at mygutsyhealth.com. Hey, you guys, welcome back to the Gutsy Health Podcast. I have with me today, Dr. Jim Ellis. He is a dentist up in Ogden and he owns the Oral Care Club. And he and I have been going back and forth on Instagram. And he one day sent me this like oral care package from his oral care club. And I just fell in love with all of the products and was like, you have to get on the podcast because you have a lot of really great things to talk about. And um, one of the things that I love most, oh my gosh, is his dental floss. Like he has these picks that are biodegradable. He's very environmentally conscious. He's health conscious. Like it's rare to find dentists like this. And so today we're going to be talking about cleaning your teeth versus creating good oral health. Ingredients that we should be looking out for in toothpaste because there's a lot of junk in our toothpaste that are just kind of these buzzwords that were just like, oh, I don't know what that means, but I'm sure it's fine. The epidemic of dry mouth, I'm hoping we can get some time for that. I touched on this, but plastic waste in oral care, there is a lot of that. And then just like the consumption of sugar and how your body health really integrates with your oral health. And and so Dr. Ellis, welcome. I'm so excited to get you on this podcast to talk about these topics. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Just introduce yourself to listeners, who you are, where you're from, your story to how you became the dentist that you are and how you've been so mindful about health and mindful about ingredients. And really, like most dentists are not looking outside of the box of what they've been taught in dental school. Like, how did you get to, hmm, we need better, we need cleaner, we need healthier? (laughs) Well, first of all, I've been a dentist for a little over 20 years, married, five kids, just, I love the profession I'm in. The trap that a lot of dentists fall into is they just become tooth mechanics. They sit in their shop and you bring in your car, your mouth, Mm. and something's broken and they fix it. You know, there's not a lot of mechanics kind of going out and telling people how to prevent you from having a breakdown. So same thing in dentistry. Uh, Dentists typically sit in their offices and then you bring them a problem and they fix it. Well, I wanted to change that. I wanted to say, okay, you have this problem. Before we get started fixing it, do you know why you have this problem? Broke. Do you know why you have a cavity? And most of them were just shocked that I would ask that and say, I know no one's ever talked to me about that before. So I just found that there was this glaring lack of education on how to prevent things from happening in the first place. Mm -hmm. That's one of the big driving forces. The other driving force is for me is that people would ask me all the time, you know, what product would you use for this or what product would you use for that? And I was at a loss a lot of times to suggest products to people that were actually good, that were actually, Mm -hmm. that had a positive effect. So those two things, wanting to educate people and then they're just being a real dearth of just good, clean, all natural products for people to use on their oral cavity. Yeah. You have this wonderful website, the oralcare.club. And you not only have your own products on there, but you have a list of tons of other products that you recommend that are clean. Some products that I've mentioned on previous podcasts. And so what a great resource for people. Let's really dive into these topics of 
oral health, what should we be looking for when it comes to toothpaste? Why are we not protected more with the ingredients that we're putting in our mouths? We would be horrified if we really knew what we were brushing our teeth with. Oh my goodness. Uh, Well, this is the thing and kind of diving into your world a little bit is good oral health leads to good gut health. Mm -hmm. Like about gut health, people... People do a lot of deep dives, right? We look at our own feces, right? We yes. look at our own urinary output. Like we look at these things. We're so involved. We're like, okay, this is what I eat. And I'm looking at, at this and that. And it's like, okay, well, but very few people are looking at their oral environment. Yeah. Your oral environment starts the digestive process. Mm-hmm. Uh, the amylase that you have in your mouth starts to break down and, and your teeth start to break down the food into the small clumps that need that it needs to be to start getting digested. So if you don't look at your oral health, your gut health is going to suffer. I always use the analogy of if you buy the most expensive washing machine, clothes washing machine, you can. Mm-hmm. But every time you buy the clothes washing machine, you throw a cup of dirt into it. Not yeah. just when you're doing laundry, when you're just walking by it. Well, pretty soon that machine is going to start to break down. So if our mouth, if our oral health is out of control, overloaded with the bad bacteria, viruses, you name it, then every time we swallow, not just food, but just taking down saliva, we're essentially crippling our gut health and our ability to digest food correctly. So if we don't pay attention to our gut, because people say, and to answer your question long way around here, people say, well, yeah, I've got good oral health because I brush my teeth. Mm -hmm. That's so little of it. And like you said, what are you using to brush your teeth with? And many of us are using harsh chemicals yep. in the toothpaste. And a lot of it is our fault. We like our toothpaste. A lot of people like their toothpaste to be white, mm-hmm. right? Because white, clean. White and foamy. Right? <laughs> and that foaming oh agent yes. is so bad for us. Like oh. they want to white, they want to foamy, yes. they want to be frothing at the mouth. <laughs> yeah, well, because it's foaming, it's working. I mm-hmm. grew up and there was a commercial scrubbing bubbles in your bathroom, right? Mm-hmm. If it's foaming, We feel the same with our mouth, but sodium lauryl sulfate is the number one foaming agent and it causes anchor sores. It causes Mm -hmm. damage to your oral cavity. So yeah, we're trading off the foamy feeling for damaging our oral structures. Doesn't it also like mess up your microbiome in your mouth too? Like it disrupts that or something like it's not good. It's not good. (laughs) No, you disrupt your oral microbiome and this super intelligent gut expert that I know talks about how the microbiome <laughs> is the eyes of your, uh, <laughs> right? To your, to your immune, immune system. system. <laughs> You're so sweet. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, so your oral microbiome gets messed up mm-hmm. and you're taking all down millions and billions of bad bacteria yeah. and viruses and yeast. And you're just, so yeah, it's, you mess up the oral microbiome and you know, no matter what other probiotics or whatever you're taking for your gut, mm-hmm. you're already starting behind. So So, people are probably asking, well, I brush my teeth and I floss. What else contributes to healthy oral micro, like oral health? Am I not doing enough? Like that's what I was told to do by my dentist. Right. And let's be honest, like most of us aren't even flossing. (laughs) So, and, but I'm flossing really well because of your flossers, by the way. Oh my gosh. I was just telling you before we started recording, I have a box of them in my purse and a box at home and my oral health has never been better. I freaking love those things. Well, definitely getting the garbage out of your mouth is number mm-hmm. one. Yes. You have to brush, you have to floss. But that's a fantastic question is, well, what else should I do? Well, like I said before, let's take a deeper dive. Just cleaning your hands, okay, you can just clean your hands. You can get the dirt off. Mm-hmm. But are you using 
harsh chemicals yeah. that's going to dry and crack your skin. Yeah. Right. There's other ways to clean besides just going to the store and being a slave to what's ever at five foot, four inches above the floor. Right. Mm-hmm. The corporations own that space right in front of your eyes yeah. in the sections of the store. Mm-hmm. So you go to the oral care section. What are you going to see? You're going to see the main manufacturers that are putting these harsh chemicals in because they're cheap. Look at your overall health. Are there conditions that you have with decrease your salivary flow rate? Are there prescriptions that you're taking from your doctor that are decreasing your salivary flow rate? Are you getting yeast infections in your mouth? Should you be worried about that? Do you have dry mouth? Should you be worried about that? What is a so yeast infection it, in the mouth? Sorry, this is new to me. What's that? What is a yeast infection in the mouth? What does that look like? Is it the white yeasty stuff on your tongue that's like fungus? It, tongue, well, you've heard of thrush yes. with little kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's oh. I mean, the, the mouth. Talk about a Petri dish. I mean, yeah. the mouth is warm and wet and has a constant food supply. Mm. If I wanted to grow yeast and bacteria and viruses, I would put them in the mouth on purpose. Yeah. So it's a, like you always say, microbiome is a very living, breathing mm. organism. It has to be looked at from all different angles. And so just to shove a toothbrush in there and scrub the pumpkin pie off your teeth and say that you've achieved oral health, it's a cursory, happen. you know, at it, but it's not a deep dive that's going to give you real good oral health. Cleaning off the gunk is one thing, but nourishing the tissues and nourishing the oral microbiome is going to just great rewards all the way downstream. So I kind of interrupted you as you're like on your list of things. So you were saying medications and the food, the sugars that we eat, obviously you are what you eat kind of thing. And so as I've probably said like a hundred times on the podcast and frequent listeners are probably going to be rolling their eyes by this point, but you know, the average American eats about a hundred to 125 grams of sugar a day. And we're only Mm -hmm. supposed, and this is added sugar, mind you, this isn't like sugar from fruits plus their soda. This is just pure soda. And (laughs) what we are supposed to only be eating as far as added sugars go is about 24 to 26 grams. And so the average person is getting times four times five that amount. And so as I've mentioned before, bad bacteria loves sugar. And so we're just feeding the bad bacteria that sugar in our mouths and our stomach. And so let's talk a little bit. Can we, I mean, yes, uh, you're obviously your recommendations are eating healthy, right? Eating right. Everything that we talk about on this podcast, is there anything else you want to add to that list or expand on as far as those topics go on like how to create a healthy microbiome in your mouth, healthy teeth, prevent cavities, all that jazz? Well, uh, an epidemic right now is the diet soda. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's, I think we all kind of have heard, like you said, a lot, avoid sugar. Well, so what do people do? They go get the can of soda that says no sugar. Yeah. But if you look at a pH scale, okay, neutral pH is seven. Battery acid is down around one. Mm-hmm. Coca-Cola is around 2.3. <gasps> is it really that low? It's yes. Oh my yes. gosh. Yes. Oh. A can of Coke or a can of Mountain Dew. It's they're way down three to something. Mm-hmm. People come in and say, hey, I switched to Diet Coke and my teeth are still having problems wow. or, you know, I'm still having dry mouth issues or I'm still having whatever. It's like, well, yeah, there's not a lot of sugar and battery acid either, but mm. squish a cup <laughs> full of that in your mouth and you're not going to feel very good, are you? Right. Well, and what's the pH of the mouth? You want it as neutral as possible. Okay. So around that seven. Okay. So we're putting so in like so- a two in there. 
Well, yeah. So what happens really quickly Mm -hmm. is scientifically, whenever we smell food, Mm -hmm. whenever we know coming Pavlov Pavlovian effect, right? We start Mm -hmm. to salivate. There's two reasons for that salivary flow to increase whenever we start to smell food. Mm -hmm. Number one, lubricate the food as it goes down. You swallow a dry mouthful of Doritos and that's going to hurt. Yeah. Okay. Number two is to bring the pH of the mouth back up from that acidic point back to neutral. Mm. After you your last bite of apple, because you said natural sugars, your last bite of apple, it's going to take your body around 15 minutes for that saliva to get the mouth back up to that neutral pH. Yeah. Well, if you're constantly snacking, if you have that can of Coke on the counter and you're taking a sip every 10 minutes, you might as well just take the teeth out and drop it in the can. Right. And your body has a chance to catch back up. You're just beating it. So that's one of the problems is people say, well, I'm off sugar. Well, please look at other things. Please look at the pH of things. Sucking on lemons. A lot of people suck on like even lemon hard candies. And if it has enough lemon, natural lemon in it, people suck on lemons or put a lot of lemon in their water. That's really acidic as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's one thing we spoke with Autumn from Paleo Valley and she was saying people would drink lemons for uh, digestive health in the morning or apple cider vinegar, but that's acidic. And so what they actually created were these apple cider vinegar pills so it could bypass your mouth. Right. And so I really love that Mm -hmm. idea of doing that because yeah, creating that acidity in your mouth over and over and over again, unfortunately, even with healthy things like lemons can be detrimental over time. You've been touching on this dry mouth epidemic like several times as we've been talking. I didn't even realize it was an epidemic. Can you tell us why we have this epidemic and what are we supposed to do about it? Okay. Your mouth needs to be wet. Your mouth needs to be moist. I mean, consider your mouth like your eyes mm-hmm. and they have to be environments to function correctly. And if they dry out, there's negative effects. If you didn't blink all day, your eyes would be scratchy and itchy and red and painful. Mm-hmm. Well, your mouth is the same way. Your tissues are going to dry out. The teeth are going to suffer. They're going to get, you're going to get more cavities, more breakdown, more fragile teeth. Your tongue is going to be inflamed. The taste is not going to be right anymore. You're going to get more burning mouth syndrome. You're going to get more, it's going to be off. Yeah. Everything's going to be off. Um, number one is because we are an over-medicated society. You go into the doctor and I don't want to slam on doctors here. Lots of them are just unfortunately slave to the healthcare system and they have to get you out of their room within, you know, five, 10 minutes, whatever. Yeah. And so a lot of them are simply prescribing prescriptions. So a lot of these prescriptions, nobody reads them. You know, there's 80 different side effects. Nobody reads them. One of the main side effects to medications is a dry mouth is decrease in salivary flow rates. Well, two of the drugs that cause those predominantly are heart medications and antidepressants. Wow. And these days, the number of people on heart meds and antidepressants is through the roof. Yeah. They cause dry mouth. There's a lot of people on CPAP machines. Some of them need to be. Some of them could probably make different, better choices lifestyle-wise, and they could get off of them, yeah. like getting off of diabetes medication. You know, we can get off of these meds. A lot of these, a lot of dry mouth is happening. And dry mouth is just throwing off the oral microbiome completely. It's ruining the whole start to gut health. Now, a lot of people will say, when I talk to them about this, well, the stomach acid takes care of anything that's not right coming down from the mouth. Well, it can if your stomach is functioning properly. But like I said with the washing machine analogy, if you're throwing in a cup full of dirt, it's going to work well for a while. So if you beat on your stomach and if you have a decrease in stomach acid production, 
So anyway, the dry mouth is really causing an imbalance in the oral microbiome and it's creating an environment where bad things can flourish. Mm-hmm. And yeah, dry mouth is a real big problem. And I had no idea. And I literally learned something new that your saliva is so important for the health. And is that why people are mouth taping or is that just for breathing? Are you familiar with the whole mouth taping thing right now? Oh yeah, no mouth. Absolutely. Tell um, us more about that. Mouth, well, Mouth taping comes from the fact that, and it's in conjunction with grinding your teeth at night, because a lot of people grind their teeth at night. Mm -hmm. You can't stop your mouth being open at night and thus drying out your mouth, and you can't stop grinding your teeth at night because you're asleep. Mm -hmm. So there's certain things you do at night that are completely out of your control. And so they've come up with, and at first I thought, that is ridiculous. You know, who's going to tape their mouth shut? But it works yeah. because you fall asleep and some people just naturally, I'm sure you've been in the car with someone who's fallen asleep and their mouth just falls right open, mm-hmm. you know? So that's what happens a lot of times. People go to sleep, but they're breathing through their mouth all night long and they wake up and their tongue is stuck to the roof of their mouth and they're horrid. And so they actually just tape their lips closed, mm-hmm. which is great. It makes you breathe through your nose and keeps your mouth moist throughout the night. Do a lot of people, I mean, this is, I haven't really dived deep into the mouth taping world. I'll be honest. I've been busy with other things, but do a lot of people sleep with their mouths wide open or would you say that's a small percentage of people? No. Well, anyone that's snoring, Mm. they having their mouth open for a lot of times, right? That's true. Okay. No, I don't think it's a small percentage thing. I think it's probably more along the lines of 30, 40% of people that will sleep with their mouth open. I mean, I don't know if you've uh, looked in on your kids, you know, looking on your kids tonight when, yeah. after they've fallen asleep, are their lips parted? Yeah. You know, is their mouth or are they breathing solidly through their nose and their lips are completely closed? Right. I actually know since day four, Satori's been snoring and I'm sure there's like adenoids or something that I need to have looked into, but she like saws logs every single night. It's ridiculous. <laughs> well, And that is just like, there are signs and symptoms that elicit all over our body to let us know that our gut health is out of whack. Yeah. The adenoids and the tonsils being inflamed, having tonsil stones, that kind of stuff, that can be symptoms that things are out of whack as well. No way. Kind of, well, the tonsils are kind of like right. a filter. But I didn't think the and adenoids you know. too. Like for some reason, my brain totally bypasses adenoids. So tonsils and adenoids, if they are constantly inflamed then it's kind of like a filter that's constantly clogged with a hose or with a, if you're filling the water in your house, if your filter's constantly getting clogged, then what's it getting clogged with? Right. So yeah, the oral conditions in your mouth can be signs and symptoms to let you know, hey, maybe something's going on. There's some dysbiosis happening here. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm just getting all these massive downloads as we're talking. What? How's that connected? All of these things are so, (laughs) my mind is being blown right now. Okay. I kind of want to go back to ingredients and toothpaste. What should we be looking for when we are looking for the right toothpaste? Like what are the ingredients we should absolutely avoid and what are some safe ingredients? And let's touch on the glycerin debate that people are kind of up in arms about right now. So go ahead. Okay. First two things I would absolutely avoid Sodium lauryl sulfate, SLS, mm-hmm. that's the, f- you don't need your toothpaste to foam. Yeah. If I get that out to everybody, you don't need it to foam. Titanium dioxide is a big one. Titanium dioxide just makes things white. Mm. 
think if it's white, it's good for us. If it's white, it's clean. If it's white, you know, free from impurities. My toothpaste looks gray. Yeah. If you don't like it, that it looks gray, well, then I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. You know, go find a toothpaste that's packed with chemicals and bleach white. Mm-hmm. Okay. Your toothpaste doesn't, so titanium dioxide is another one. They absolutely don't want it. A lot of toothpaste have artificial sugars in them, saccharins and that kind of stuff. It just blows my mind that in today's age with what we know that they would still be putting in that kind of stuff. Right. They would still be putting in the artificial sugars that are bad for you. Mild toothpaste is the best toothpaste. You don't need harsh scrubbing chemicals. You don't need, sometimes I tell my patients to brush with water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Physical scrubbing of your teeth is enough. Wow. All the added toothpaste are just things there to help. Mm-hmm. So that's the, with your toothbrush, you are mechanically clearing your teeth of junk that sticks around. Well, you can do that with water. Yeah. So if you can clear your teeth off with water and bristles, well, then what should you look for in a toothpaste? Well, every single additive in a toothpaste then should be something that has a benefit. Exactly. Should be something that has we have aloe vera in my toothpaste. Great for the tissues. Mm-hmm. We have clove oil, which heals the tissue. You know, so we have everything. Just look in your ingredients for your toothpaste. Say, okay, why did they put that in there? If that's there to help me, then great. If that's there as a marketing ploy, I don't want it. Yeah. It's funny because yours has CBD oil, white charcoal, coconut oil, aloe vera, and then a formula for dry mouth, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But what's interesting is for the longest time, I would just brush my teeth with my toothbrush and then honestly, essential oil blend. It's literally essential oils and coconut oil. And that is like squeaky, squeaky clean. And then I got your package and I've been doing the honestly essential sparkle. I do like one or two drops on top of your toothpaste. And it's like, even my partner, when he's sleeping over, he's like, this is such a great toothpaste. Like he loves it. And he's not quite as crunchy as me. So he's used (laughs) to like the crest kind of stuff. And I'm slowly like bringing him over to the crunchy side. And so when he tried your toothpaste, he's not down for the honestly essential stuff yet because that's like extreme crunchy, right? That doesn't oh, taste right, good right, at right. all. <laughs> the honestly Living essential. Naked in the woods, hugging trees and things. <laughs> right. Well, the honestly essential is literally essential oils and coconut oil and like nothing else, right? So it's very strong. I mean, it has a strong tea tree taste to it along with like clove mm-hmm. and peppermint and all that jazz. But your toothpaste, he loves the taste of it. He loves the effects of it. And so- well, and the, the flavor, even the flavor, the flavor in my toothpaste comes from essential oils. Yeah, it's so good. It's spearmint, peppermint, and wintergreen essential oils that even have the flavoring in it because there's artificial flavors, there's artificial colors, there's mm-hmm. even the, the charcoal. We have white charcoal in there mm-hmm. because I have kids and I have, like, I wear clothes and I have a bathroom and the black stuff can get all over everything. Yes. There's no to have it be black, you can have the white. The black was just a hype thing. You know, you see people smiling on television with all this black stuff all over their teeth. Well, if it looks like that, it must be working, right? Mm-hmm. Hey listeners, I've now used Cozy Earth Sheets all winter and now summer long. And let me tell you, you just don't get better temperature regulation than this. Cozy Earth Sheets are developed with high quality materials that are responsibly and sustainably sourced from the earth so that you can get the restorative sleep you need. These sheets are way softer than cotton and have a 100 night sleep test. 
That means you can try it for 100 nights, and if you don't love it the way I do, you can send them back for a full refund. Also, use my discount code GUTSY to get 35% off your Cozy Earth sheets and start creating the sleep sanctuary you've always dreamed of. Yeah, but it doesn't need to be like that. Right. So, yeah. anyway. No, I love it. Can we talk about the glycerin in toothpaste? Yes. Because we've been talking about the dry mouth epidemic. And what I don't think people are understanding is how glycerin helps to counteract that. You and I were discussing before that glycerin helps to maintain moisture, right? And so yes. for people that have dry mouth glycerin, it really helps to balance that out. So you have a healthy microbial balance in your mouth and on your teeth. So when I was asking you, I said, you have the dry mouth formula in your toothpaste. It has some glycerin in it to help people counterbalance that. What about the mic? The, if there's too much moisture, what about tr- like the bacterial stuff? And your answer was brilliant. You're like, well, there's the antimicrobial stuff in the toothpaste too, right? Other toothpastes don't have the clove oil in it. They don't have the coconut oil, which is antibacterial. They don't have the white charcoal, which helps clean stuff. So you're putting in all these antibacterials and then you're helping to bring the moisture back in the mouth too. Too. It's a very, very clever formula. Do you want to expand on that a little bit more? I think you covered it. It's great. Uh, it's just anything, because there's a huge debate, obviously, in the dental world and in, in the world in general about fluoride, mm-hmm. right? And, and oh my gosh, fluoride can be a poison. Well, sure, it can be in the wrong levels, mm-hmm. okay? Can it be a smaller levels? Whole different discussion. But same thing, can, can glycerol, glycerin have some negative effects? Well, yes. In larger quantities, if that's all that the oral care company is looking to use Mm -hmm. to fight, then yes, it can. And there are whole lines of toothpaste companies or oral care companies that are just for dry mouth. That's all they, that's all they do. And they use that glycerin to say, okay, we've got this. Well, I've also balanced it out with the CBD oil, which Mm -hmm. is a great anti-inflammatory, the aloe vera, which is a great moisturizer. So yes, there is the glycerin in there and it does serve a purpose. And I know it's in there and I put it in there because it does a great job, but it's not, we don't rely completely on that. You can be the, your listeners and people that have questions about it. If that's all you used, yeah, that's an issue for sure. And it trap when it kind of keeps the moisture up against the teeth and up against the tissues in that moisture is going to be some bacteria in that moisture is going to be some virus cells and whatever but you have to use it in conjunction with other things. And we feel like we've come up with just a really nice recipe that balances everything out. I love that. Can you tell us a little bit about the plastic waste in oral care? Because like I said, your floss picks are made of cornstarch, right? They're phenomenal. They're so awesome. Tell us a little bit more about what the problem is that we're facing when it comes to that. Well, we went over, before we started, we talked about the uh, manual toothbrushes and flossers, mm-hmm. quote unquote, disposable. You know, you use a flosser one time, you use your toothbrush for a couple of months until it gets gross or the bristles flare out or you get sick and you're like, well, I've been sick. I need to get a new toothbrush. Well, take all the flossers and all the manual toothbrushes times millions of people in this country. And where do they all go? You know, do we dispose of them properly? Do we recycle them? You know, just because you throw them in the recycle can, Does the recycling facility that you send it to just throw everything in the landfill anyway? Or are they picking up all of the toothbrushes and the floss picks and saying, Mm -hmm. oh, yes, we will recycle these. So 
floss picks have been an amazing thing to help people floss more, but they're throwing them away. So I thought, let's change that. Let's do something about that. And actually, so my floss picks are made of cornstarch. So completely biodegradable, about 99% faster than any of the plastic flossers out there on the market. But also three days ago, we came out with our bamboo toothbrushes. Mm. Our man brushes are made completely of bamboo. I love that. That's phenomenal. So when you're done, you can just break off the little piece at the end that has the bristles. Just throw that little piece away. And then that stick of bamboo can actually go in your garden, in your compost pile. And we chose bamboo because it's such a renewable crop. Yeah. I mean, within days, a lot of bamboo is right back to where it was before you cut it. So you're not clear cutting massive swaths of whatever to make them out of wood or anything else. Mm-hmm. So the flowers are made of cornstarch and the toothbrushes are made of bamboo. With so el- that goal is, is to maintain good oral health, but not choke out the planet while we're doing it. I love that. What is the difference between a bamboo toothbrush and an electric? Like is, is an electric toothbrush really more superior than like a manual one? Well, the way to define that is kind of like but if you're waxing your car, mm-hmm. if you are doing it with a hand chamois or you've got one of those waxers that's plugged in and mm. it's going at 3,000 yeah. times. A- so how fast can your hand go waxing the car and yeah. how fast can the machine go to wax your car? So that's where the benefit from an electric toothbrush comes in is because the electric toothbrush is moving. My electric toothbrush and many others go about 40,000 times a minute. Mm-hmm. You're not close with that with your hands. Okay. Yeah. And so it's just covering more surface area more often. Now that, I mean, there can be a negative effect because you go crazy on that. You know, some people brush too hard, but the electric toothbrushes just have the benefit of the head oscillating at thousands of times every time you brush versus you, you know, you'll get a couple of hundred. I want to kind of ask a little bit about kids oral health. Um, Are there any words of advice that you offer parents when it comes to kids' health, oral health, for instance? Because it is really hard to have kids be conscientious about brushing their teeth, (laughs) brushing it for a long period of time, flossing. I mean, I can, I struggle in this department. And what tips or tricks can you tell us or that we should be mindful of when it comes to them that is maybe different from adults? Well, and it's really hard because your kids turn two and three and they can do everything, right? Mm -hmm. And it's okay when they're putting on their own shirt, right? Because they come out and they, I can do it. And they do it and it's backwards. Well, who cares? You go to the store and your kid's got the dinosaur on the back rather than on the front, right? It doesn't matter. But when your child says, I can brush my own teeth, they do it wrong. That can have real big consequences. Mm -hmm. They end up with cavities, abscess teeth, and a lot of pain. So there's some things that your kids, you can let them do fine and other things that you really shouldn't. What I tell parents is I say there needs to be a balance. Yeah. Mommy lets you brush your teeth in the morning, but mommy brushes your teeth at night. That's such a good idea. That's such a good idea. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And one of the problems is we're creatures of habits. Anyone gets in like the shower, for instance, you are going to be doing the same exact routine every time. You wash your left arm first or your right leg first or whatever. You do the same exact routine every time. You don't change it up. We're just creatures of habit. Yeah. So when children brush their teeth, if they have this pattern, 
they'll brush in that pattern. Well, let's say that their pattern misses Mm -hmm. upper left and one tooth on the bottom right. They can brush their teeth seven times a day and they're always going to miss those spots. So you need someone else in there to brush it for them because being creatures of habit, they're going to miss the same spots every time they brush. So even if you brush, have them brush more, typically they're going to miss some spots. Well, and with the flossing too, they can use the flossers. I mean, which kid is going to use the long flossers and wrap it around their finger and no. it's like painful. Like that well, was even painful for me to do. On, Go ahead. What I suggest on flossing is if you want your kids to floss, you need to floss. Yeah. Meaning not telling them you floss. We're going to have a family floss. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And so you floss your teeth with them. I freaking now, even that. if you're watching a movie later after they go to bed and having your bowl of all natural ice cream, I don't know what you eat for treats, but <laughs> <laughs> you're your crunchy ice cream. Even if you're planning on still eating later, go into the bathroom with them. And it's a family affair. Mm. We're all brushing our teeth. Here's a flosser. Here's a flosser. Mommy's doing it too. We're all doing this together. Okay. Now you go to bed. Now you can still have your glass of whatever or your bowl of whatever, and you just brush again, but you know, do as I see, not as I say, whatever that saying is, it helps. Mm -hmm. I don't know why this is just such a big aha moment for me. And it's so simple, right? It's like, make this a family affair versus like a war zone because it oftentimes, and again, I'm a single parent. So it's like one against two, right? But it's just like, brush your teeth, you know? And I'm like, oh, we can make it fun. We can all go in together and make this like a family thing that we just do every day. And I'm right there with them. Even if it's not fun, mommy's doing it too. So mm-hmm. I'm not asking something that I don't do. We're doing this together. Here yeah. we go. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. And then we have to floss their teeth for them. They're not going to do it properly. No. Okay. I love that. So now one more thing, one more thing yeah. on the kids, the blessing that comes is that they get a new set. Mm. So we are getting their early childhood to try to establish good oral practices for life. Yeah. And so even if they miss and we get a cavity or two here or there, they get a brand new set. Yeah. So we're, we just have to realize that, that we can't be perfect as parents, but we're just trying to establish these good oral practices and thank heavens, they get a brand new start and a whole new set. And there you go. I love that. So we covered the difference between cleaning your teeth versus creating good oral health. And so teaching kids cleaning on the outside, making good oral health a priority with the foods that we eat, probiotics, Mm -hmm. like the products, whatever it is that we put in our mouth. Are there any other oral care habits or tips or tricks or things that we should be mindful of when it comes to this? Because I'm not kidding. It's like all these little things that I totally look over in my own life, right? Like I get up, I brush my teeth, I go blah, 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 right? Like what are some other things like tongue uh, scrapers, for instance, or, you know, this buzzword with oil pulling, right? Like you have coconut oil in your toothpaste, but like, are these other practices that we should be mindful of or should be educated around? Because I love my tongue scraper. Like I freaking love it. And I haven't checked your website to see if you have recommendations of tongue. Do you have recommendations of tongue scrapers? Yes, we do. Okay. I'm, it's, I'm, it's the flosser section. It kind of relates to that. So, okay. What are your opinions on that? And yeah. Okay. First of all, there are people that will ask me all the time. They'll get this new thing, right? They'll say, oh, oil pulling. Can, can I do that? And I'll say, well, yes. In conjunction with brushing and flossing. Mm-hmm. Should I scrape my tongue? Yes. In conjunction with 
rushing and flossing. There is nothing, 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 nothing that can replace brushing brushing and flossing. In fact, there was a very, the most prominent mouthwash company in the country about a decade ago, lost a lawsuit to the most prominent flossing company in the United States because the mouthwash company was running ads saying that it's just as good as flossing. Oh, wow. They lost in court. When you put floss between your teeth and you get that resistance and it pops through, Mm -hmm. nothing is going to clean that spot other than floss. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we'll get back to it. There's lots of things you can do. I love tongue scrapers. Oil pulling is fantastic. Mouthwashes are great. There are oral pro and prebiotics out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rinses, pills, there are oral to nourish the oral microbiome. And that's fantastic. Everything has to be done in conjunction with additive to brushing and flossing. I talked to this girl once and I said, well, tell me about your oil pulling. Okay. What, what are you going to do with your oil pulling? Well, I'm going to take this oil and I'm going to put it in my mouth and I'm going to hold it there for 15 minutes in the morning and 15 minutes at night. And I'm like, okay, you're not flossing. Mm-hmm. There is no way on earth you're going to sit there for 15 minutes with this oil in your mouth. Yeah. Right. So do the basics, do the basics first. And then if you want to do anything additive, absolutely. So there are tons of things too much for us to cover here. Like I said, who's ever thought of probiotics just for the mouth. Right. And, but they're out there in both rinse and pill form probiotics that nourish the microbiome of the oral cavity. And it's different than gut because we're really aerobic in the mouth, Mm -hmm. you know, the amount of oxygen that's in our gut versus the amount of oxygen that's in our mouth. Right. So the yeah. bugs are different. The totally. microbiome is different. So the pre and the, yeah, the prebiotics or probiotics would be very different yeah. for what you need. So what? yeah, there's tons of stuff out there and I would encourage people to research. Yeah. Like I said, at the beginning of the show here is that we do a ton of research, a ton of looking around at our gut health, mm-hmm. but we're the very end of our gut health, but we don't do very much study at the very beginning, at the beginning. of our gut health. Yeah. So yes to oil pulling in conjunction with everything and tongue scraping that all of these things are just to help clean out the mouth, right? It's not like the cure all because like oil pulling was a buzz thing, right? Like everyone was doing oil pulling for health because they were saying it was pulling out toxins. Is that true? Is it really pulling out toxins in their mouth? The point is, and that's where it comes back to cleaning the mouth Mm -hmm. versus matching the oral environment. Mm -hmm. The point is not necessarily to scrub the mouth clean and that's it. That's like saying, well, I'm going to do a cleanse because I want to strip my intestines of every living organism. I want to clean it out. That's not the point, right? You don't want to simply clean your mouth of every living organism. You want to get the bad stuff out of there to provide a healthy oral environment for the good stuff to grow. Yeah. So that's why I say just getting in there with a Brillo pad for a toothbrush and just scrubbing the heck out of everything I mean, okay, that gets the film off the teeth. Well, are you nourishing the oral environment or are you just feeling good because you just scrubbed everything off of there and now your tissues are raw and your teeth are hurting, but hey, you know, there's nothing there anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's looking at the health of the mouth versus just scrubbing things out. Not unlike the cleanse for the gut, just because you're having diarrhea for three days doesn't mean you're doing anything good. Yeah. You could be your gut. Right, right. Okay, I'm going to ask a dumb question. I'm so sorry, but in your opinion, how many times should we be flossing? Is it every night? Yes. Every night, morning and night? 
if you're flossing morning and night, you're in the 99.99 percentile of mankind on the planet. But that's um, not overdoing it, is it? No, as long as you do it smartly, if you floss down in between your teeth and you're snapping the gums when mm, you do it. Hurting it. That's probably a little too much. Okay. If you're gentle and you just go down through and clean your teeth, no, that's not a problem at all. Okay. I floss every morning when I go to work simply because I have a bag of flossers in the car. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm driving and I can just pick one up. You know, I got a half hour commute. Yeah. So I just pick it up. That's, to me, that's like you said, you got them in the car, your purse, and you can just grab them anytime you want. Right. Oh man, I'm literally just like, almost like really stressed about, I got to floss for my kids every day too now. Like, oh, thank heaven I have your flossers, well, you know, but I'm just like, again, okay, I'm going to up my oral like, game. Like it, well, like anything, if you set a goal to, I'm going to exercise every day and you don't exercise at all. Well, your brand new January 1st gym membership is going to be useless by January 13th, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So if you haven't flossed with your kids at all, not necessarily you, but anybody, just pick two days a week. Yeah. Wednesday yeah. night, Sunday night. You know, we're in the bathroom flossing as a family two nights a week. Mm-hmm. And a far better cry than nothing. That seems really so start- doable. And all of these things yeah. are going to help problems like, I mean, again, gut biome is really helpful for this, but like halitosis. I'm sure the microbiome, and like if you have halitosis, which is bad breath, that's mm-hmm. starting in your mouth and like ending in your gut. And so clean out your mouth, clean out your diet, get all the bad dudes out and start really nurturing the good dudes with a healthy diet and a clean environment, basically. So, well, if we start, if we have someone that has halitosis, we obviously start off with removing the food from the mouth. Uh, that's number one thing. There's other, a couple other little things, but we go to the gut pretty quick. Yeah. If you have bad gut health, if you have yeast in your gut or, gas production in your gut. Well, there's only two exits from the gut, right? Yeah. And one of them is one of them is through the mouth. Yeah. So if you that's a really good indication that somebody is not balanced down below, that the stomach, that the small intestine is really out of balance if they have bad breath. Yeah. Because come in and say, I brush and floss and I use a mouthwash and what's going on? Say, well let's get you to somebody that can look kind of down the road a little bit as far as digestion goes. Right. I want to put in a quick plug for my free microbiome 101 class. If you guys didn't listen to that, I talk all about the microbiome and like fixing that and balancing that and protocols to help balance that and clearing out that yeast and that candida with products like the Mega Myco Balance. And so gut infection protocol, Mega Myco Balance, that Mega IgG is a great starting point for people that want to really balance their microbiome and get it back to, to a healthy uh, microbial ratio again. So this has been awesome, Dr. Ellis. I really appreciate your time. The Oral Care Club, is that a, a, like a membership or like a subscription where you just send out packages to people like every month or every other month? How does it work and how do people find more information from you and what you do and your resources. Cause like we said, like you put resources there to be like, these are all the products I like. These are all the ones I recommend. These are all the clean things. So how does it work? All right, real quick. We've all gone to the dentist. We've all asked for suggestions. What kind of toothpaste, what kind of floss, what kind of mouthwash, my grandma's dentures don't stay in. What kind of denture glue do you recommend? Whatever, whatever. So instead of just writing things down on a sticky note and handing them to them and letting them head off to any Walgreens or, you know, pharmacy and try to look for it, I said, look, I will collect links from out on the internet and I'm going to put all these links on one site. So that's how Oral Care Club got started. It was was just a page of links to 
good, top quality, all natural products that could help people. And so when anybody came into my office and said, what about this? Or they texted me, I'm not a patient of yours, but what about this? I would send them there. Well, then one of the problems is when I was looking for good products to put on there, I kind of was coming up short sometimes. And so I developed these products we've been talking about during the podcast, my toothpaste and my manual toothbrushes, my electric toothbrush, my flossers. And not to put in a shameless plug, but within the next couple of weeks, we're going to have all natural whitening strips that don't have any chemicals in them. Oh, I love that. But so that's what oralcare.club is. It is not a subscription-based anything. You go on there and you can look for, and I really like this, you can look for my products. And if you like them, fantastic. If you don't, please scroll down. There are lots of all-natural oral health care manufacturers that are struggling to get their names out because these big corporations are crushing Mm -hmm. them. That's what I do on my site is please buy anything that you think will help your overall health. My stuff, great. Anybody else's stuff, fantastic. So it's just a place where you can go find all natural oral health care products that are best for you, your family, your kids, grandma with the dentures, whatever. Love that. Thank you so much. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. If you want to, when you buy my products, you can sign up for the subscription where it just comes to your house, you know, the toothpaste every three months, you know, it will come. So you can sign up for that, but there's absolutely no fee or anything to be on the site and just look around and purchase anything. Love it. Thank you so much for all of your resources, your information that you share and helping people really make better choices for their oral health. Like I'm sure listeners picked up, like I don't know that much about oral products. That's not my area of expertise. So I really do rely on experts like you to be like, yeah, just tell me what to use. I don't want to research toothpaste. I just want to be told which one's a good one. So so thank you. One of the things is you need to ask your dentist. Yeah. If you go to your dentist and you have a cavity, or he says you need a crown, you need a root canal, you have a cavity. One of the first things that comes out of your mouth should be how come? Mm. if that kind of takes your dentist back, like, what do you mean? You're saying I have a problem. It's like going to the doctor and saying, he says, you have diabetes. Well, you don't just take that line down. You say, well, wait, how come? Is there anything I can do to change that? Ask your dentist if you're having mouth issues at all, tonsil stones, dry mouth, go to your dentist and say, hey, I want you to fix this. However, can we start off with how come? Why do I have an issue? What can I do different? so that I don't have to come back to you again. Okay. I love that. Thank you so much, Dr. Ellis. And how can people find you? There's oralcare.club. You're on Instagram as Oral Care Club, correct? It's the Oral Care Club. The Oral Care Club. Awesome. So people can follow you on there. On Instagram, yes. And any other websites or things that people can get more info from you? Uh, well, I am practicing dentist in the Ogden area. So obviously people don't want to drive, you know, mm-hmm. hundreds of miles. You happen to be close enough or in that area you can go to drellisonline.com. It's just DR. So drellisonline.com. That's just my office website. If you want more information about me personally as a dentist. Perfect. Thank you. This has been very enlightening. And listeners, I hope you loved it and you found some really good golden nuggets here as far as taking care of your oral health and the rest of your body. And we'll catch you next week. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Gutsy Health Podcast. We hope you enjoyed and learned a lot from this episode. For more updates, follow us on Instagram at Gutsy Health Podcast.